right when I, I started recording. <laughs> a slurp. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dallas Hoops Fancast, a podcast for Mavs fans. I'm your host, Sydney. I'm here with my co-host, Martin. Hey, guys. And uh, as always, thank you so much for listening. You can follow the show on Twitter. 30 I'm, minutes I'm later. I'm doing this whether you like it or not. You can follow the show on Twitter at Dallas Hoops Cast. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore Sydney Myers. Martin isn't on Twitter. I'm working on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you follow you follow Bleacher Report, the app, which is kind of like Twitter. Uh, yeah, but I need to get a Twitter account if yeah. I really want to be up to speed on. If everything. you want to connect with the the fan fans, the fan that's stolen, I think. Oh uh, yeah, who is that fan? One hundred five three the fan. Of course, there's our Tolos. Yeah, they got their thing. Um, yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter, and then also. If you have a, a smart home device, you can really easily listen to the podcast on that. Um, all you have to s- just say the name of your device and then play Dallas Hoops Fancast, and it'll play the most recent episode. That works whether you're on um, Apple, Google, uh, Amazon, all of those de- all of those devices. Just say play Dallas Hoops Fancast. You can listen to it or just cast it from your app of choice. Um, but anyway, so we're gonna get into the episode. Last last episode, we shared our predictions for how many games we think the Mavericks are going to win. And mine was um, pessimistic, we'll say. And what did you say again? 45? I think I, well, in, I said, in my heart, I want to say 40, I think I said 48 or something. But what I really believed was, I want to say closer to 42. Okay. Yeah, it was it was kind of low. It was more in line with what like pretty much everyone is saying. Yeah. And you were saying... I think you got to 50. Yeah, I said I, I think they have a real shot. Now, my actual number, I think, was 48. Oh, okay. Um, and I clearly said that I was an optimistic yeah. Mavs fan, and uh, I was thinking positively about the season, and uh, based on the players that they have and the coach that they have. But since then, I've listened to a couple of podcasts, and aside from a few in the Dallas area, the majority of so-called experts and analysts they don't think really highly yeah. of the Mavs. They're they're not that high on on a Porzingis. First of all, no. I've heard some some mixed like they'll say in one sentence like you know yeah he's he's a great player generational and all that stuff. But then but but they're not really that high on him. They, they don't think that he's going to make that big of an impact. Whether it's because of just they don't think he's that great or injuries or whatever. Yeah, the biggest thing is can he stay healthy. And in all reality, that. that is a true yeah. statement because uh, in a lot of ways, the Mavs season is going to go based on the health of, of Porzingis. Well, of any player, yeah. really. A- any <laughs> any player that's a foundation piece. Yeah. So what I decided to do was look at the win shares of all the, the players that the Mavericks have, what their win shares were last year, and uh, kind of did an estimate based on win shares where the Mavericks record should fall. There was a couple things I had to do differently. One was Porzingis because he didn't play a full season. Well, he didn't play at all last year. And the previous season, he didn't play a full season. So what I decided to do was look at Dirk in 2000, I think it was 15, 16. The last year, the Rondo year. He yeah, averaged, so that I was, uh, I think they went out of the first round against the Spurs. That was that No, the year. Rockets. Or the Rockets, yeah. The Spurs was the year before. Yeah, they won 42 games that year, 15-16. Okay, then it was the previous season. 14, 15. 14, they won 15. 50 games. Yes. Okay. So that year, 
Uh, Dirk averaged, I think, 17.9 points a game. Okay. And to me, I figured, because he was an older Dirk, um, 18 points a game, I thought that was pretty fair to say. You know, I, I think Porzingis will average more than that. But because of the injuries and everything like that, I, I was thinking 18 points a game would be good. Well, so I, sorry, I was going to say, I think that's also mm-hmm. as close to a good comparison as we can get because you could say an older Dirk in terms of not just like points and surface stats, but like his impact on the court exactly. and like what yes. they call gravity and all that, yeah. that that would be comparable to <clears throat> a Porzingis coming back after not playing for a year. Yeah, and I think that season, that team uh, really has a lot of similarities. I think Monte and Luca kind of are, they, they both have the same role. Uh, now, Luca's probably a little bit better, but it's hard to say because Monte was really awesome in the Mavs system. Yeah, he was, man. Yeah, let's not go down the Monte I train. Monte. <laughs> um, and he was the original, he was Monte Magic before Monte Luca Magic. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that combination, and Dirk was 18 points a game. I think that's fair to say that's what Porzingis would be. The win shares for Dirk that season was seven. So he contributed to seven of the Mavericks' victories out of the 50. That they won. So I figured that was a fair number to give to Porzingis. It's not an outrageous number and it's not a really low number. So for for con like just to give it context, what would be like an outrageous number of win shares? Oh 11, 12, 13. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So um, seven is like that star level, but it's not we're not saying he's gonna come yeah. back and be MVP. And just next think year. about yeah, exactly. We just think yeah. about Dirk that year. I mean, he he was clearly on the tail end of his career, but he was still very effective. And he helped the Mavericks win. He still shot well and uh, contributed to wins. And I think that's a, a fair thing to ask for Porzingis. Now, personally, I think he'll be better, but it's fair to say he'll come in, average 18 a game, and he'll be a spot-up shooter like Dirk. If that's what you get out of him, great. He'll yeah. contribute to seven wins. So I tallied up all the win shares of the current team with DeLon Wright, Jalen Brunson, Seth Curry, Boban Marjanovic, Quick question. Yes. Bogdanovich. Wait. Marjanovic. Marjanovic. Boban Marjanovic. All these guys. I can't keep yeah. the bitches. The bitches. Um, <laughs> so does that also factor in any difference that they might have in minutes played? Or, well, or is there any difference? I mean, maybe not. Maybe DeLon Wright will play the same amount of minutes he played last year. I didn't change that. Okay. So I'm just taking it as is. Okay. The win shears. Now, you'd be surprised that DeLon Wright was actually very effective with contributing to wins last year. Even on a sucky team, uh, he was very impactful. So when I tallied all them together, Luca at five win shares, Porzingis at seven, Dwight Powell was the highest at 7.5, DeLon Wright 4.3, Tim Hardaway Jr. 1.8, and that's accumulation between the Mavs and Knicks. Brunson 2.6. J.J. Barea, 3.3. And where does that number come from? J.J.'s two years, or uh, uh, yeah, two seasons ago, because it was a full season. Right, okay. Same role, just uh, you know, two years ago. Dorian Finney-Smith, uh, 3.3. Justin Jackson, 2.9, which I thought was actually kind of high, because he didn't play at all in Sacramento. True. So yeah. uh, 2.9 I thought was good, and I, I think that validates why he won the starting job over Dorian Finney-Smith. Maxi Kleba, 3.5. Uh, Seth Curry, 2.4. Now, keep in mind, last time he was with the Mavericks, he was 4.6. Oh, wow. And that's, again, win shares. Yes, okay. 4.6 win shares, and then Boban is 3. So did you use Curry's the 2.9 number? I did 2.4, okay. yes. So I did then- two. I did two different ones. So on the first one, I just did 
the wind shares from last year. as is. Okay. Yes. And then question about Finney Smith. Like, let's say he doesn't play at all this year. That w- What was his wind shares that you're taking? 3.3. So we'll, we could do a test where we didn't count his wind shares at all. Well, the wind shares would go to somebody else, though. Yeah, I guess like, that's because true. If, if he's not playing, somebody else is going to get those wind shares. Okay. They're, they're going to contribute uh, to the Mavericks' victory now, uh, to the Mavericks' wins. So tallying up all that together, the total wind shares or the total wins for the Mavericks, theoretically, would have been 46 and a half. That's... That's, that's not good. bad. Yeah. Right? That's I mean, good. that's that's pretty good in in my opinion. I think that's a, a great number to yeah. ask for. I mean, they won they won 33. 33 last year. So that would be a pretty significant improvement. But if you look at um the 17-18 year, which was the year before they got Luca, they won 24 games. And then last year they won 33. Mm-hmm. So you're already getting nine, nine more wins. Yeah. And so to to jump another by adding another superstar and, and solid role players, it's not like it's crazy to say that they could increase their wins by to double 46. digits. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. it is a, it's a big jump. I mean, I acknowledge that, but it's just... It but is it's, possible. They've, they've added players. Yeah. To, it's not like they just are going in the next season with the same lineup. Yeah, and we're like, and I a huge, think, yeah. Huge no, they've added pieces. Uh, now so 46 this, and a half. 46 and a okay. half as it stands now. And that's uh, with Luca only at five. That doesn't take into account his potential jump in win shares from season one to season two. And I looked at uh, LeBron, Carmelo, Durant, and really any wing, for the most part, they had a jump in win shares pretty significantly, uh, except Carmelo. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, Nick fans. Um, yeah, they're they're too salty about Porzingis yeah, yeah, to even yeah, worry yeah. about Carmelo. They're on uh, Julius Randle's jogstrap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if you were to say in Durant's second year, he aver- or he had uh, 7.9 win shares. So that's a three three jump. So if Luca was at eight win shares next year, which is kind of low in my opinion, then they would be up to about fifty-one wins. Yeah. Because him and then Seth Curry. So if you put Luca at eight and Seth Curry back at what he was a couple years ago with the Mavs at four point six, it was fifty-one point eight wins. Now that's like you said, you're, you're comparing Luca's jump to the jump that like LeBron made and Durant. So again, we're we're assuming that Luca is the kind of player that we think he is, which is a generational player. And mm-hmm. I mean, I think to make that assumption at this point, seeing his rookie year is fair. Now, well, if it doesn't work out, then fine. But I mean, we have the numbers to kind of say like, okay, he could do this. Not only is it fair, it's it's uh, it's a high chance that he's going to make a huge jump next year. Because if you look at his rookie year, if you look at the advanced stats on his rookie year, he was better, by far better than LeBron and Kevin Durant and year. Carmelo in their rookie year. And not just on overall stats, but the way he impacted the team and wins, he was way better. And so you're talking about like win shares, box plus minus, PER. Offensive rating. And then the effective per, field goal percentage. The per 100 possessions. So that's like, that's how they actually grade basketball now is yeah. per 100 possessions. He, he destroyed them. Mm-hmm. Like he was way better. And LeBron went from like four win shares. Well, let me see. Uh, LeBron, his rookie year was five win shares, five point one. He went from five point one to fourteen something Dang his second gosh. year. Now LeBron's LeBron. Yeah. But Luca had a better rookie year than all these other guys. If he comes back, let's say, I mean, ten, eleven win shares for him. 
I don't think is uh, an outrageous number to ask for. Yeah. And so the Mavericks could be hitting that 50 win. So, plateau. yeah, I mean, the numbers, the numbers back up at least having that hope. I mean, like if it doesn't, I'm always thinking if it doesn't happen, I don't want to be like severely disappointed. So I, I try to keep everything like in perspective, but like when you look at the numbers, it's not crazy to think like, Hey, this could actually happen. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think we need to be a little bit higher on DeLon Wright. Yeah. You were, you were talking he, about that. We've, he, I, sorry, I, I haven't sorry. like really been excited about him at all. I Me mean, neither. yeah. Cause I was like, uh, whatever, yeah. you know, <laughs> but <Ooh>. yeah, <laughs> but you looked at him and realized like this dude's actually legit. I mean, well legit for the role they want him to play. He's got a chance to really, uh, be effective for the Mavericks. Make an impact defensively. Um, so at this point, if anyone's listening, you might be wondering like, what the heck are win shares? Um, because I don't know if a lot of people really, well, there aren't a lot of people that, that um, I get advanced. Yeah. Stats. Look at advanced yeah. stats or it's like, it's starting to gain a little momentum, but there's still kind of a, a subset of people that just don't like advanced stats at all. And I, we obviously do like advanced stats. I mean, putting it in perspective of also just logic and yeah. reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but out of all of them, win shares is my favorite advanced stat because I think it shows the full picture of what a player actually does. Like you could have two players, say Devin Booker averaged twenty six points a game, and um, you know Ben Simmons or or um, Kawhi Leonard, who also averaged you know over twenty points a game. Like they might have the same numbers, but of course, no one is going to say that Devin Booker is as good as Kawhi Leonard, except for obviously Phoenix Suns fans. But so, how do you know that those two players aren't equal aside from just being able to watch them and like being smart? How, how would you prove that to somebody? And win shares is really the stat that can prove that. Um, I made a video like a long time ago on another channel that explained what win shares are. I'll insert that just a clip from it now that explains very briefly what wind shares encompasses just so you can kind of get a better idea of like what we're talking about when we say wind shares okay so how are wind shares calculated first offensive wind shares and defensive wind shares are calculated offensive wind shares takes into account the total points a player scores how many offensive possessions that player had the average league points per possession and points per game, and the team pace and league average pace. Defensive win shares takes into account a player's defensive rating, which is a whole other story, the number of defensive possessions a player had, the league average points per possession and points per game, and the team's pace and league average pace. The sum of a player's defensive win shares and offensive win shares is his total win shares. Okay, so that was a lot of things. So, just so you know, I just go with the overall number. Yeah. I don't try to do the equation. The bad, yeah, but so if you watch this video, like if you do a YouTube search for what are NBA win shares, in that video, I also show you the equation so you can see how um, how it's done. But the, the um, stats that are taken into consideration just for the audio version of this, um, it takes into uh, account... First of all, offensive win shares, and that is um, the points produced by that player, um, the number of offensive possessions that player had, um, the the pace of the team for that game or, or for that season, and then also comparing that to 
the league points per possession and the league pace. So you're taking into account like points scored, uh, number of possessions, the pace, everything, putting it all into one picture. So you get like a, a full picture of what that player actually did. So instead of just he averaged 20 points a game, it's like, well, how many possessions did he have? What was the yeah. pace of the game? What did the rest of the league do? That That's offensive possessions. And then defense or uh, offensive win shares. And then defensive win shares is kind of the same thing. It's um, like how many minutes that player played, um, how many possessions they had, their defensive rating. And so it's like the whole picture, every stat that could form mm -hmm. what a player does defensively, putting those together so you have the full picture of a player's production. Yeah, and you can actually, I mean, the advanced stats support a lot of the eye test. Yeah. Like when you look at the top players in advanced stats, it's usually the top it's players the guys in the league. you would expect. So, yeah. you know, like there's no surprises. It's not like uh, somebody jumps up there that nobody's paying yeah. attention to. Uh, it's not like TJ Warren is top five in the league <laughs> and, you know, in the advan advanced Although, stats. wasn't it, was it last year or the year before when Dwight Powell was like number one in the league in PER? Not PER. I think uh, maybe per 48 minutes or something. something. Now, he, he is top in the league in um, field goal percentage around the basket or finishing yeah. at the basket. Um, and his win shares are really high. So that's another player that you and I aren't really, we kind of like, bit, we like, we, we like fun him. of him. Yes. Cause his three, point shoot, yeah. you know, <laughs> cause his three point shooting is awful. I don't feel like he's a good interior defender. A lot but of things. Advanced stats show he's actually really effective. And I think that's because of his, what he does offensively. And Carlisle, yeah, Carlisle true. basically takes what he's good at. And puts him in a position where he can do that constantly. And that's all he does is pick and roll, yeah. pick and roll, pick and roll. And occasional yeah. pick and pop. We're like, no. <laughs> you know, and then every now and then he does a layup. We're like, dude, throw it down. I know. That's so annoying. Um, but he's really good at finishing around the basket. And that's what Carlisle does for him. And that's why I think Porzingis um, is going to be really effective. Because he's he's going to have really particular set of skills <laughs> that make him a nightmare for people for, like you. <laughs> for other teams. And Carlisle is going to put him in the best position to maximize what he's good at to help the Mavericks win. So speaking of Porzingis, like a lot of these estimates are riding on Porzingis health. And I think like even us being fans, we're rational enough to realize like, yes, it is possible that Porzingis could have injury problems. Yeah. I mean, he has had yeah, injury it's problems. It's just a fact. And so I think the Mavericks are going to, I imagine he's going to be resting, um, probably won't be playing any back-to-backs. But if you take away his seven win shares and you put Porzingis to eight win shares. If you and, put Luca to eight. Or yeah, Luca yeah. to eight, which is, again, very low compared to the jump that some of these players make their second season. I mean, Durant jumped like six win shares. So we'll just say eight just for the sake of argument. And Seth Curry's at 4.6 like he was two years ago with the Mavs. That's 51.8 or 52 wins. Mm -hmm. You take away the seven from Porzingis, you're still at 45. Yeah. That's taking away all of them. So they, you know, if he only plays 65 games, which is probably the number that the, the Mavs want to keep him at, 65 games resting regularly, he's still going to impact the team a lot. Now, was that 
when he when Curry was with the Mavericks, was he starting? He started towards the second half of the season. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, so then the four. I mean, you could say like, okay, we'll put it at three or something. But I mean, regardless, that's that's one or two yeah. games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, I want to be high on them. I want to say like, yeah, Luca won Rookie of the Year, and I think he's going to be like. A generational player, as I say, and Porzingis, the last time he was healthy, he was in the MVP conversation. And I think that Curry can play off of Luca really well. And I think mm-hmm. that Tim Hardaway, which we can talk about, can be a really good <clears throat> can be a really good sixth man for them. And like I want to say all these things, and like, yes, they should definitely win at least 45 games. But it's like I'm hearing all this other noise yep. about you know they're not and Porzingis is inconsistent and the Pel- and I, you know I'm more excited about the Pelican that's what people say because that one Lonzo okay Ball, so <laughs> let's go ahead and move on to that because that really yeah. is irritating me the amount of Pelican you know groupies there are out there <laughs> is ridiculous and Zion 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 generational talent there's never been anyone like him we since LeBron anyone, yeah. or whatever and it's like you know why why is he a guarantee but Luca, there were so many question marks about him. Well, that's Euroleague. Okay, well, he did it in college. You know how many 99% of <laughs> players that get drafted out of college are bust? Like, yeah. it's just, it happens all the time. They put up great numbers and they they suck in the NBA because it's a completely different game. But they give him a pass. Yeah. I don't, I, like, I mean, this is just my opinion as a fan. Like, Looking at what I've seen, you know, thus far of him in limited viewing, but also looking at the rest of their team. And we say this all the time. It's like they basically transplanted the Lakers to the Pelicans, but removed... And the Lakers sucked. Yeah, but yeah, removed LeBron and Anthony Davis. And so it's like, even if, like you said, even if Zion is Anthony Davis of last year, which is, which would be insane. Yeah. Even if he was, that's... You're taking LeBron. That's still not a playoff team. No. And so but, I don't. But JJ, I don't they got JJ Barrett. I, I mean JJ Reddick. Barrett. JJ Reddick. And I love JJ Reddick. I, yeah. Like I said, I wish the Mavs had him, but I just, yeah. I still don't see it. My problem with Zion is okay. He may put up numbers, stats, but right now, is there any indication to me that he's going to be a franchise player? The answer is no, and that's because I have yet to see a highlight. With you giving him the ball, skill. yes, yeah, him giving him the ball and making a play. Now, not a play where he bullies the guy out of the <laughs> way and dunks it. I'm talking about a, a move where he gets an open jumper or even a contested jumper and he makes it. Well, to be one of the best, one of the greatest players in the league, it requires skill and footwork and moves you and got, multiple moves yes. and an IQ and just things that. I don't see whenever I watch him like he's extremely athletic and strong and strong and big and I mean all those things are great but I don't see the the skill that some of these players have and and, and even Luca like the skill that he yeah. had it wasn't just that he could get on fire or that he had confidence or he had a a quick first step like some guys do it was like he had skill and I don't yeah. see that his highlight reel is fast break dunks um, put back rebounds, put back rebounds, yeah. all oops. And like, those are all great things to have, but is he a number one guy? Can you give him the ball the last five minutes of the game and have him make a play for your team several times in a row? Yeah. And I don't, I don't, I have not seen now he might be able to do that. 
and he just hasn't shown it or hasn't had an opportunity to. I did not see that in any of his highlights. Now, they're just highlights, so obviously they're going to highlight the dunks, the dunks and that's stuff all like that. People understand. But I would think I would see it one or two yeah. in all the highlights <laughs> of him making a play that actually involved him using yeah. skill and not bullying people out of the way because he's not going to be able to bully everybody, out of, especially his his rookie year. Yeah. So he's still he's strong for his age, but you know, is he going to push Embiid out of the way? Or Anthony Davis. Or Anthony Davis or LeBron. Or, yeah. Or even Paul Porzi- George. Or Porzingis. Yeah, Porzingis 7'3". Yeah. You might be able to push him, but <laughs> the guy's, you know, towering over you because you're actually short. Or you know if the Lakers get Dwight your Howard. Position. I mean, he's going to be contingent. Well, the great that. Dwight Howard, um, you know, he's he's going to lead them to a championship. Uh, anyways, well, and we also think that um, Zion is too big. Like, I don't think his knees think can his handle knees, yeah. an 82-game season. Yeah. So, and that's, you know, again, just, but the dude is huge. And I Mm -hmm. mean, yes, that's cool and good in some ways, but it's just math. Your body can't handle that. Look at Embiid. Embiid is a monster. He's huge. Now, I know people say, well, LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. Yeah, but (laughs) LeBron had to lose 20 pounds. Yeah. Like 10 years ago or something because he realized if he wants to play for a long time, he can't be that heavy. Now, yeah, he's still big and he's a monster for his size, but he had to lose a lot of weight. In order to maintain that, and don't compare him to LeBron. Yeah, like well, LeBron is—they already are. So. Well, I, you know, whatever. Like, I, but, I just hope when when the Mavericks play the Pelicans, <laughs> Luca destroys him. Well, and my thing, you know, and I think you know we've talked about this. Like, um, Zion's size, how big he is, he would have the only option is for him to be LeBron mm-hmm. because if he's not, if he doesn't have he's that, Julius Randle. Yeah, if he does, well, and according to Knicks fans, Julius Randle is better than Porzingis. But but my point is like you know for him to be that big, he would have to be just an absolute freak of nature. And I don't mean like being able to jump through the roof. I mean like his knees just for some yes. reason hold up under. Yep. Weight that no one else can handle. Like mm-hmm. he, the only option is for him to be LeBron. LeBron. If yeah. not, there's no way. There's no way he can do yeah. that. And and yeah, and you're talking about a one in a million. Yeah. I mean, there's only one LeBron. There's only been one player with that size and that speed and that athleticism and that health. There's only been one, and it's been LeBron. I'm not saying he's the greatest player ever. <laughs> I'm just saying for his size and yeah. and what he was. There's only one of him. And you're saying that Zion has to be that because at 6'7", 6'8", 285 pounds, he's going to have to have knees that can withstand yeah. that for 82 well, games. Well, the way that he plays, too. Yeah. I mean, he, he is Jumping so out athletic. of the building. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've seen his head fully above the rim. It's ridiculous. For a guy that's 285 <laughs> yeah. pounds. And yeah, it's really, really cool. But it concerns me for an 82 games. And regardless... I, I, I'm not that high on the Pelicans like everybody yeah. else. Well, and, and, you know, like I've heard, so, you know, Alvin Gentry is a great offensive coach. Um, so you're putting... Since when? <laughs> so you're, well, you know, he had some good years with the Suns. With so, Nash? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so you're putting um, Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram in there. And I think people are kind of, they're thinking that maybe Lonzo Ball and Ingram no. can reach no. their potential. No, no, I mean... Once they're out of the Lakers' circus... I am okay. <laughs> did I did I push a button? It's just because can we move on from Lonzo? Yeah. Well, maybe like, after this year. Lonzo is still put 
And like when you look at top twenty five under twenty, he's still in there. And he averages like ten points he and sucks. eight assists. He or sucks. Something. Lonzo Ball sucks. You heard it here first. <laughs> he he he's he sucks. I don't think I don't think we said it first, but yeah. So so you're not high on the Pelicans. I'm no, guessing. I'm okay. not high on Lonzo. I'm not high on the Pel. I'm not high on Brandon Ingram. Yeah. You know I. I no, it's just. <laughs> Yeah, I, I understand the size and the skill level, but there's so much more to basketball than athleticism and length and size. Yeah, it's a, it's all in the mind. That's what the greats. They have the the mind that to to be the greats. And Ingram doesn't have that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah. Um, are you worried about Julius Randle at all? Because like nah. reading tweets from from Knicks fans, they they legitimately think that Julius Randle is going to be better than Porzingis, and they're tweeting about how Randle is going to break Porzingis the first time they meet. Somebody said um, that Porzingis is a poor man's Larry Markkinen. That was a Knicks, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's when that's when that's when you know you're hurting yeah. when you're comparing Porzingis to Larry Markkinen. Yeah. Somebody said that. Um, TJ McConnell could break Porzingis with his pinky, pinky finger. Like, that's how weak Porzingis is. And it's, Porzingis, okay. Porzingis is not weak. Yes, he has been injured. Yeah. I'm not saying that. And his, he injured his knee on a freak play. And, yeah, he hasn't been healthy for an entire season. Um, but there's a lot of factors that go into that. And I don't think the Knicks had the staff. The training staff. The tra- yeah. yeah, the training staff to recognize these things like the Mavericks. Well, remember the year uh, Berea, his hamstring got injured. What about it? Okay. You want to elaborate a little bit more? Well, I thought you would tell that story since you're really good at telling stories. I don't know what story you're talking about. Okay. Well, you're better at telling stories than I am, but I'll start it and then maybe you'll pick it up. So um, JJ Berea was, I think, starting because of injuries or whatever. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, you tell it. And he was on fire. Yeah, he was. We, it, we were like, "Is JJ Barea the Mavericks MVP?" Like he was, <laughs> he he was on a streak there of like twenty and eleven. I think 25 he won and, Western yes. Conference Player of the Week. Yeah, or something. Yeah. yeah, he was killing it. But Carlisle, after one of the games, came out and said, you know, and they were talking about how great Barea is, and he's like, "Yeah, but we're we're probably playing him too many minutes. We got to lower his minutes, or he's going to get hurt." And they couldn't afford to do that. Because they sucked. Well, they had. I they think had it, nobody else. Yeah, I don't think they had anybody else. And uh, and yeah, sure enough, he got hurt, and it was just a regular basketball move. It's not like this Achilles that he had, where somebody was stepping on his his heel mm-hmm. while he was moving forward. Um, so yeah, they they recognize those kind of things. They do blood tests to check white blood cell count. Mm-hmm. In you know, I, I don't know what it all means, but they do. <laughs> they do so, scientific things with needles and computers yes. and stuff. Yeah, and so I think. You know, going back to Porzingis, like, there's a lot of wear that was being put on him. It's possible the training staff wasn't as attentive or on top of things as they should have been. Uh, or maybe he just didn't say anything the way he should have. But there was a lot being put on there's his body. There's so much body. more, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and they I, probably didn't know about minutes and diet and all that. Or they, they maybe they knew, but they didn't enforce it like the Mavericks Or they couldn't afford do. to because he was the only good player yeah. they had. And so, I, like, I would like to think that the Mavericks training staff is smart enough to, first of all, this summer give him 
a workout routine mm -hmm. where he builds core muscles like and i don't mean like just his core but mm -hmm. i mean like the muscles that will help him to stay healthy and like obviously we've seen all these workout pictures where he's like flexing his biceps and stuff but i have to believe that he's not skipping leg day because <laughs> like <laughs> he that, can't be not with his yeah knees. that's obviously extremely he's important. not gonna pull a chandler parsons exactly just yeah. work on his well, abs and biceps and that's what worries me is like he is working you know and you see like him doing all these Mm -hmm. chest workouts and it's like i so don't want another parsons there's two two things to that though one he's he actually listens to the training staff and he's he's working his legs there's just no way I mean, he's we, not we assume secondly he did he's doing this over a two-year period parsons did true. it in a summer true like he was skin and bone got the contract came back was a monster and his knees were like oh wait you know we're not prepared Crap. for all this weight you yeah. know um, so I'll ask you a question. Would you rather have Luka Doncic or Dennis Smith and Julius Randle? I would rather have Luka. Yeah, I'm okay. surprised you even took that well, long. I have to think about it because, you know, I overanalyze everything. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> yeah. No, I would rather have Luka just because I think he's better than Smith. He's better than Julius. And I think the future with him is brighter just because of how good he is and how he can play with other players and make the team better okay so i had another point to that so oh, okay <laughs> was this actually a question that you wanted to answer? no i'm, I'm okay. asking because you're talking about the julius randall oh, okay. compared sorry, to sorry, yeah. so now would you rather have luca and porzingis or dennis smith and julius randall well obviously, obviously. luca yeah i mean but uh, you know nick's fans would rather have smith and julius randall because they're hurting right now and they need a hug well and and you know what they're doing Dennis Smith posted a video of him working out intensely yeah. and how he's going to come back next yeah. year. He did the same thing to us. Every like, player does yes. that. I mean, and it's like these videos of Devin Booker working out. Yeah. You know, as long as you don't double team. <laughs> because I want to work on my game, just not the part of the game where that you That actually double matters, players. yeah. Yeah, because yeah, um, he obviously sucks at that aspect of it. Um. So, yeah, you know, fine... Uh, I understand they're going to be excited mainly because, you know, when we got OJ Mayo oh, that year, we were, we were happy because yeah. like the former number three overall pick. And so we were super excited. And then when the season started, oh, and yeah. I mean, he started off averaging 20 points a game, but that slowly tapered off because, well, the problem with him was his shot release. He brought the ball down so low that it took him so long to shoot that when he was open in the beginning of the season, he could make all these shots yes, but then once they stopped leaving started, him open yeah, yeah leaving teams, him open yeah then he couldn't make it and so like that's that's specific to oj mayo but it's things like that mm -hmm. that is a difference between a great player and a mediocre player yeah so i understand where nick's fans are coming from they're hurting well you have you have yeah. to do that but i'm sorry i don't think that you're gonna find many people that would take they would take porzingis even with the risk yeah over Randall because of the potential reward. Randall's yeah. not gonna lead you anywhere. No disrespect to Randall, but you know he's he's Zion. Well, I <laughs> like we've talked before about when it was free agency time and or trades or whatever. Like I, I wanted the Mavs to go after Julius Randall. I yeah. wanted Julius Randall, but because we had nobody else. Well, and not because I thought that he was gonna be a superstar or their best player or lead them to whatever, but just because. I think he's a solid um, role player, a good starter. Like, I think mm -hmm. he's a good player. But 
of course, he's not as good as Porzingis, and he's not better than Porzingis. Yeah. I mean, it's just... And, of course, we, we're also really high on Porzingis Porz- because we're Mavs fans. Yeah, and we, you know, like, we're of excited. course, he's going to be healthy and play 82 um, games. Yeah, I mean, we're going to yeah. win a championship this yeah, year. Yeah, like, obviously. Come on, obvious. Duh. Duh. Um, so, anyways, um, yeah, I... I uh, I, I think the Mavs are going to have a better year than most nationally televised or experts or whatever you want to call them are saying. Like the the podcast I was listening to, they were like, I, I think a realistic and a, a positive or a uh, a good season for the Mavericks would be 41 wins. And I was like, 41? Like, are yeah. the expectations That's not even that- a winning season. <laughs> no. Like, it, yeah, I was just, I was like, what the heck is going on? And that's pretty much how everybody feels yeah. outside of a small number of people. Yeah. So it's like, I, I think if everything goes well, then they could win like, like your numbers show 46 to 50 games. And if things don't go well, then yeah, we're closer to 40 or 41. 41. Yeah. Now, so then that being said, is it stupid of me to take the high, the high chance instead of the sucky chance? Well, no, because they're both just as likely. Mm-hmm. And so... I want to believe that they're going to be good this year. You want to hear something sad? Tell me. There's a real high chance that Trey Young will make the All-Star game next year, and, and Luca won't. won't. And it's because in the East... They have nobody. There's no players well, out there. especially since Kawhi left. Yeah. There's there's nobody in the East. I mean, Kyle Lowry made it last year. He averaged 14 points a game. And Kevin Durant is out, so he's not going to yep. steal anyone's spot. So there's a high oh chance God. Trey Young... And Luca doesn't, and I know people are gonna. But well, Trey Young made the All Star game. Well, oh. I don't know if I want to live in a world <laughs> yep. where Trey Young is an All Star. Now, and if this Luka year, isn't. if Luca averages twenty two eight and seven, he better be an. He should and have he been an All Star yes, last year. Yeah, he. So. I mean, he got. Like, but who do you it? who who do you kick out? Paul Anybody. George. I mean, since Kawhi came west, it's but it's just Kevin Durant going east. True. So it's it's yeah, a true. you know yeah. So he could have made it last year over Aldridge. Oh, yeah. So anyways, um, yeah, I, I'm okay with predicting. I think I think I settled on 46 wins last year, yeah, or my, uh, last episode. My, my pick is 48 because I'm giving Carlisle a couple of win shares. I, I yeah. think he can win a couple of games Ooh, just by himself. Coaching win shares. Yeah, which is not an inter- uh, Yeah, but that would be an interesting stat. So I'm, I'm going to pick Carlisle. Uh, to give the Mavericks a couple of victories. So I think right. 48 wins is what the Mavericks are going to settle. And I think they make the playoffs. I think uh, I think the Blazers or the Spurs might fall out. I think it's more likely the Spurs fall out than Blazers. But you know what? You were right about Memphis last year. Like Memphis started the season. On fire. They were like number one. And that mm-hmm. was for a good amount of the season. And you were like, they're going to fall out of the playoffs. And I was like, what? They're... And they did. So... You yeah. know, I put some stock in what you say. Yeah, so I think uh, I don't think the Blazers are going to be that good. So, anyways, that's your so your prediction is 48, forty-eight wins. My prediction is forty-six. Um, let us know your prediction. So you can tweet us on Twitter at Dallas Hoopscast or me at underscore Sydney Myers. As always, I'm going to post this episode on YouTube, so you can leave a, a comment. Um, in the comments section, we got a lot of win predictions in our last episode, so you can leave them again here or based on what we've talked about. Does that change your prediction at all? Um, let us know, tweet us, leave a comment. Thank you so much for listening. 
Um, make sure you um, leave a rating for us wherever you're listening to this. Leave a rating. It really helps us. First of all, it helps us to grow, but also helps us to get better based on what you like and what you don't like. Um, but thank you guys so much. That's it for this episode, and we'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Can I promise tomorrow in this little shop?